How do you create a marketing video on budget and on scale? On today's episode, we talk with Ian Buck, Managing Director of Notch Video, and their solution to this problem. The video revolution is here, and it's changing how we do business. Learn how to use video to engage customers and drive results here on the Video Marketing 2.0 podcast with your hosts, Joel Gubich and Brendan Carty. What I love about video is that it translates so nicely across the generations. Videos are the things that my mom gets too at the same time. So there's a there's this like natural um, ability for people to connect with videos um, across the generations, and that's you know part of uh, why it's so exciting. It's it's not just you know better in one generation or the other. It works across the board. People are visual, right? Welcome to Video Marketing 2.0, where we discuss the world of videos for marketing and business purposes. Hi, I'm Joel Gubich, Director of Business Development at ThinkMojo, and with me, as always, is my colleague, my personal friend, head writer, and creative story lead, Brendan Gardy. Uh, Brendan, how's this week uh, treating you? It's uh, it's getting along. Today today is hump day. We can admit that, right? I know Absolutely. we're on the internet. It, Nothing it, is live. But. It's hump day. Uh, let's see. Uh, if you start your week on Saturday, then Monday is hump day. And if you start it on Monday, then Wednesday that's, is hump day. That's very depressing, Joel. Stop. Just <laughs> let's stick to the standard uh, time metrics. It's, okay. Yeah. Well, we were recording this on, on a Wednesday, so it's an official official hump day uh, if you're if your week starts on Monday and ends on Friday. And I'm really excited, Brandon, because again, we're we're going through this whole series of interviews lately that these are individuals that were speaking at the Space Camp conference uh, last month or a month and a half ago in San Francisco. And I had the opportunity of listening to our guest on the podcast, Ian Buck from uh, Notch Video. And he was talking about something that really resonated with with me and I think with us, and that is how to produce creative video at scale and on budget. And his company, Notch Video, has a really unique solution to that. And so with that, I'd like to bring Ian onto the uh, the podcast. Ian, how are you doing on, on Hump Day? I'm doing great, thanks. And uh, yeah, actually, if we're going by different time metrics, this would not be Hump Day for me. I started Sunday, so yeah. <laughs> Everybody's got their own terminology, so let's just. Yeah. But exactly. Thursday, Thursday, I believe, is over the hump day. I think that that's something I'm, I'm exactly. shamelessly trying to start. So use it, tweet it, but always credit me. Over the hump day. That's a trademark. Yeah. I, I like that one. Over the hump day. Okay. Yeah. How did you get into doing what you're doing? We started Notch Video with the idea that let's create something from the ground up that's a different way of producing video and really targeting this kind of online, digital, social type of video that brands need. And we recognize this for years. And just seeing that um, the businesses were not in place to serve this need. So when we started Notch Video, um, we created it differently. We built it on the idea that what's really hard to find are these amazing filmmakers. There's so many of them out there. You know, the technology has changed so much. The entry to being able to create a beautiful video um, you can have those tools for a fraction of what it used to cost. So there's all these guys out there who can make amazing videos, but they're very small. They don't know how to necessarily market themselves very well. They don't know how to 
um, make contact with these big brands who want to do this kind of stuff. So our thing was, you know what? You can't find these guys on Google. Let's create Notch Video as a place where companies can come and brands can come and find these amazing creators uh, who can uh, do this different type of video for them. Fantastic. So that's what we built it on. And, you know, um, we we maintain that to today. Our, our community is about 800 uh, creators strong across North America, and uh, it's uh, served us very well. So, Ian, one of the problems going forward in this whole concept of video marketing 2.0, where video is becoming a language, it's becoming a accepted and almost uh, necessary part of a marketing, a business marketing program. How does a business learn or create videos at scale and at budget? Great question. Um, and it's something that we get asked basically every day. I think that, um, you know, really what you're looking at is is volume, right? Uh, people know how to make video for kind of the TV commercial world where you're doing a tentpole video maybe once a quarter or twice a year, that kind of thing. Um, you know, everyone knows how that process works. What I think people are trying to figure out is how to do near daily videos like how are you creating this micro content um, videos that you can be putting out uh, on an ongoing basis and being also very reactive to what's happening in real time so timeliness is important too so this requires a different way of producing videos and i think that we're just kind of coming into it where we're starting to see um, people trying to figure that out and there's a, a whole lot of ways that people are approaching it um, what we thought was best was to take advantage of all of these amazing video creators who are out there but who are quite small and basically independents or very small shops that can create beautiful content but um, you know may not have the ability to reach out or or it's hard for the brands to find these guys so our idea uh, in order to achieve this was let's give brands access to literally hundreds of these video creators who can be putting out content, um, even helping with creative, uh, coming up with concepts and delivering final videos uh, very quickly and a very high quality, but at a, a cost that is reasonable um, when you're talking about continually producing content. So Ian, when somebody comes to Notch Video, do yeah. they... What, what what process do they go to? Do they can they have a completely blank slate? Do they have to have an idea of what they want the video to be, or that can they just get all of that from from the people that are out there, from concept to creation? Well, how we work is um, we kind of deal with anything. So we have a small team internally of eight people, and basically we act as producers, uh, strategy, uh, creative, all that kind of stuff within these eight people. What that allows us to do is actually um, help people um, have a fully uh, baked strategy, new concepts, new creative, if they want. We also are able to just produce things. So if, if uh, an agency comes to us and their creative team has already come up with a concept, knows what they want to make, but aren't sure how to produce it at a cost that's going to be reasonable, we can just help produce it as well. Um, we lean on our community um, from everything from just straight production to also give us some ideas around this. Um, let us know what you think would work best. And, um, you know, there's all kinds of different ways that you can approach it. The beauty is 
um, having the contacts out there and the ability to talk to all these guys and figure out what the best approach is. And that's what we find most is companies come to us and we need to actually help them figure out what is the best approach for them in their situation. So do you act as the project manager or are you more of a facilitator? I'm going to marry you with this videographer over here and this illustrator over here and this sound person. Yeah, we actually started Notch Video with, with that uh, in mind, that we would just be a facilitator. Why wouldn't a brand just want to work with an independent uh, creator who can um, help them fulfill whatever they need? What we quickly found was that brands, especially big brands, are not ready to uh, manage that themselves, and they do need a little support. So we found brands just saying, could you just help us with this? Um, there's some... You know, on the strategy side, I think that um, brands often need help because it is a new format and, you know, it's not everyone um, knows best practices, whereas we're working in it every day. Um, on the creative side, the options are very different and, you know, traditional creative agencies may not even know what the options are because they're not working with these guys every day and understanding what the potential is um, to create. So we found very quickly that um, we started getting brought in really as a full service creative production shop for the most part. We do, however, if if it works best, we're happy to just marry people together. Um, you know, we've always kind of been of this mindset that um, let's raise the ocean. Right. So um, hey, I live I, in Charleston. We don't want to raise the ocean okay. too much. Not that uh, ocean, the video we, ocean, but yeah. Okay. Video ocean. That's fine. Water ocean. Yeah. Let's keep it low. Yes. So it's, it's interesting about the, uh, you know, I, I think the project uh, or the, the project management element, because I think what you're, you're saying is, is so spot on, you know, brands, when they look at it, they say, absolutely. I want to have more control over the creative process, but when they get involved in it, like you said, unless you do this every day, it's it, it, there's a lot of moving parts and a lot of things to be aware of. So do you find that when a, a client comes on that they have a lot of involvement? Like do, do, you, do you give them is – it, is it fluid? You give them as much creative involvement as possible and how much do they usually take? Yeah. Do they usually end up taking over the production let's say? Uh, from the client side? Yeah. Yeah, no, they, they don't want to take over the production. They do. What we do find is that they are happier when they are uh, involved in the creative process. So really, production is never going to start until they um, we're delivering pretty close to what they're used to from a commercial side, right? So, you know, a lot of the elements that go into the checks and balances at a big brand are kind of process-oriented, right? So there's a specific process if you're creating a video, and generally that video is a TV spot. So when we go in and say, well, we're going to create, you know, 100 videos, um, that process still needs to be kind of adapted so that they can approve it within this existing structure that they have. So, you know, that part is really important. What we find works best on the creative side is um, it depends on who it is. Um, so some some clients will bring into uh, brainers, um, right? Like right into our office or, or uh, through the phone or Skype. Um, some of them 
want nothing to do with it and want to be shown here's three concepts that we've kind of fleshed out a little bit and are really feeling strong about let's choose from these three um some of them just want the right idea straight up so it's it's always depends on who we're working with and what we find too is that um it it also changes a lot depending on what their comfort level is with this process in general have they done a lot of this type of video before or are they totally new to it um you know do they uh, that kind of thing right so um a lot of the time we're talking about um test and learns uh, for a lot of companies because they haven't done this before um so that you know, makes the process a little bit more involved. Usually people have eyes on it and want to make sure that, uh, or even just understand the process. So it's usually pretty involved. And you mentioned something earlier about like micro content, you know, the, the goal is not just to make the, the one tentpole, uh, commercial, but to get more snackable content, uh, you know, maybe yeah. I, I, I guess it's going towards every day, maybe not there yet. So what mm -hmm. kind of, I want to focus on that a little bit more. Like what, what kind of things are you talking about? Like how, how small uh, of a project do, do people use or do you recommend? And, you know, what, what form does that usually take? Sure. Well, we subscribe to the Google kind of uh, hero hub and help um, approach. Um, it's uh, something that I think a lot of uh, marketers are um, familiar with now. So it's a, it's a nice way to kind of, uh, couch everything and so we really look at what we produce in in those terms um you know for example we recently did a campaign for uh good life fitness which is a very large um uh gym in canada i think uh, hundreds of locations and they wanted to replace uh tv for um a fall campaign so our, our final plan for them was, I think, 27 primary videos and then a bunch of other little cuts off that and stuff. But what we had was, you know, basically an ad level, uh, like a TV spot level hero video. Um, we had, I think it was five uh, mini docs that went a little deeper into stories um, that were about you know, three to five minutes long, a bit longer content. And then we had a whole series of um, videos where we're just talking to real members about their experience that tied into the campaign. And those were shot, you know, five at a time across the country uh, at gyms so that there's, you know, showing a, a wide variety of people, locations and all this stuff, but it's very real. And those were, you know, 30 seconds, 60 seconds kind of thing. And you know, you see the cost of production coming from a TV spot level um, down to, you know, a couple thousand dollars kind of thing. So it's such a wide variety in there. But the beauty is um, you're really just figuring out what works best. Right. So we knew that there was, OK, maybe a, a three month period that we wanted to have content for. They don't want it every day, but, you know, you want to hit with your main spot off, off the top. And then be able to come out with some, you know, five bigger pieces, but then constantly putting out these, you know, 15 other little videos throughout. Um, so it always depends on the situation, but that's that's fairly typical of kind of how we would approach it. Um, I, I don't think we would ever just do one video, right? If nothing else, there's a behind the scenes, there's a teaser cut, there's, 
you know, the making of whatever, um, there's always going to be other content. Yeah, that's something that we we deal with on a constant basis, trying as people are getting into the world of video marketing, learning this language, mm-hmm. trying to understand and trying to impress upon them that it's not a single video, that you have to be thinking yeah. continuously upgrading it, little snippets here, little snippets there. It's and it's we've talked many times on this podcast before that that single video is almost like the old-fashioned concept of I need a website, and you have a static website that you never change it. Well, we know now that static websites don't do anything for you, yeah. but it's got to be dynamic, and the same thing with video content. It has to be dynamic. Yeah, yeah. That's the biggest change, right? And, and we see this at a lot of the bigger brands because they are set up and their agencies are set up to create a TV spot which will run uh, as is, there is certainly no change to that TV spot, and it's going to run for potentially months, right? And that is how uh, the system is set up right now. Um, it's what people have learned. It's uh, how the process is set up. So it's a, you know, it is a departure for people to start thinking about it differently um, in many ways. But um, yeah, it's that's something that we're always um, working on for sure. So one thing that we always like to, to ask people is where do you see this going? Where do you, what do you see as the next step in the evolution of, of video marketing, at least from, from your perch? Yeah. Well, I mean, there's uh, first of all, there's technology, right? Um, right now we we just shot recently a, a store walkthrough, which is kind of a, you know, standard type of thing for a new store for a big retailer. Um, but we got a um, NHL hockey player to actually carry a bubble cam 360 video um, through the store. So, you know, that same video that last year probably would have been kind of what you would expect. Now, because of technology is changing, you know, we're able to actually do a very different thing. And, and so VR starts to come into play in, in a way. Um, the bubble cam is very interesting to us because that fits more with the type of things that we do. Um, it, we could get a proper VR company to do this beautiful, polished, amazing piece, but the cost is quite high still, coming down, but still quite high. But this bubble cam is an $800 camera that you can upload it from your phone and you're, you're going, right? So it's so simple to use. Um, we're able to um, do that type of production at such a small cost. So on the technology side, as things change, we're trying to keep up with that, you know, all the drone stuff, the, uh, all the different tools that you can use. Um, the DJI Osmo is something that we're looking at right now, as far as like, how do you change your walk and talks? Right. Um, now, and, and again, as that technology changes, it opens up possibilities to, um, what types of videos are out there? Like you wouldn't even think of doing a whole series of walk and talks, you know, for uh, a month because just it would be expensive to get the whole guy with the, you know, basically the suit and, you know, timing and all that stuff. Whereas now this one tool changes that now it opens up. Let's just follow people everywhere, you know, and do walk and talks. It, bad example, but so technology changing is really going to change that. I, I mean, I think from a general uh, point of video is I think that I'm, I'm excited about uh, brands getting more sophisticated with how they use video as, 
as people move away from this mentality of, of the um, TV spot um, and more towards how is it used in specific moments for specific purposes, that's a big change because technically you couldn't do that before. Now you can. A good video isn't good enough. You need a good video strategy as well. At ThinkMojo, we'll show you how to create a video marketing plan that gets results. It's totally free, and there's no obligation. Just visit thinkmojo.com slash consultation and set up your video strategy consultation today. I, I want to do a little pivot and talk about the talent pool. Yeah. Now, is there a lack of good talent? I mean, when I say <laughs> good talent, I mean people that really know what they're doing. And are is is this an area that people, creatives, want to jump into? It used to be everybody wanted to be a web designer and a coder. Do you yeah. see people coming into the video uh, creative field and say, wow, this is where it's at? Yeah, it's uh, that's an interesting point. I mean, to your, to your first question, the talent is out there. It Every day blows me away. Um, we actually had sent a shooter yesterday to um, a factory opening for Canada Goose. They make the big jackets. I don't know if you need them in where you are, but, um, you know, they beautiful jackets. They opened up a, a factory in Winnipeg, like super cold area. Um, and um, we sent a, a crew there. And these guys were, um, because it was in a factory, they were like, you know what, let's take our skateboard. So they were skateboarding around shooting this video yesterday, which is just so like, you know, I love that. I love that people are thinking about how am I getting an interesting shot? How am I telling the story in a way that's going to be exciting and different, right? And that is what we find every day. I'm blown away by the talent that's out there. What I do find is that a lot of it is young. And um, there's an interesting point to that, to your point about, uh, you know, coders and all that stuff. When we started four years ago, you know, we would go and talk to some of the schools that are, you know, with, with the great film schools. Um, in Toronto, we're lucky we've got a lot of, uh, of those here. So we're able to talk to them. And you go in and these kids basically would be like, you know, I'm going to be the next Spielberg. Don't talk to me about shooting a video for Microsoft, right? Uh, and we'd be like, okay, you know, that's great. And But at, over time, over the past four years, that has changed hugely. What we see now are, are, are you know, these kids in school saying, actually, I want to go out and I want to create, you know, cool stuff for brands, which is four years ago, you would really never hear. It's actively coming out of their mouths now. So it's really exciting to see that. And we're seeing every day uh, new crews uh, signing up with us that you're looking at their work and you're like, I mean, they're doing amazing stuff and you've never heard of them. Right. So no shorter. And, I, and I'm really excited about the change I think that on the creator side, people are understanding there's an opportunity to um, create beautiful work um, with brands. And I think it's it's such a great point. You know, there's really never been a better time to be a creative, I mean, to be a filmmaker, uh, you know, a anything visual, even to be you know on the writing side. There's so many opportunities now that, like you said earlier, the means of production have uh, become you know so much more accessible that. You don't need to be Spielberg in order to be a working director. You know, you can you can do these sort of gigs and and make a good living for yourself. So I yeah. I only see that you know getting more prominent as uh, 
as tools like, like uh, tools and, and platforms like yours, uh, you know, become more successful. The one thing that I I wanted to touch on before we got too far away from it, when you, you talked about the, the technology, uh, Mm -hmm. advances and, and 3d, we've seen this come up as we, we talk to more people. It's been the, the common theme, you know, and I think the, the difference is, uh, you know, we we're leaving this period where the buzzword around video was always engaging, right? We want yes. video to be more engaging. And I think now it's starting to turn into a more immersive model. Yeah. It's not just about engaging with the, what's on screen, but actually getting yourself in the content itself. Do yeah. you see that that's, do you think that that's something that's far in the future or around the corner? Um, so there's a couple things there. I think, you know, when you talk about immersive, I think that the immersive engagement question there has actually always been there. And I think actually that's always been the advantage of, of video is it is a more immersive experience, even just on your screen or on your phone. Uh, there is an immersiveness to it that people really enjoy. You get right into it. I, I think obviously um, VR and 360 takes that in another level. As far as, you know, the adoption of that, um, I hope it's not like 3D TVs, you know, which <laughs> got pushed hard at CES for a number of years. And, you know, the whole industry is into it, but uh, the consumer experience wasn't there. Right. And it, and it didn't seem to really catch on. What I think on the VR side is the experience is there every time. I, I just love putting the, you know, the we have a Samsung Gear VR. So, you know, you put it on someone's face for the first time and every time it's amazing. It doesn't matter if it's a grandma or a kid or, you know, mm-hmm. someone in between. There's something about this that just gets where it's you didn't kinda, even know that it was there. Right? Yeah, it's the kind of it's like the uh, the flying cars, you know, like that never right. materialized. But we can have VR like that's the yeah, yeah. a classic futuristic uh, ambition. I think that it's some part of us we all share. Yep, absolutely. I want I that think, flying I think car. The, well, <laughs> Joel's, Joel's still holding I mean, out for the flying out car. There. There's a couple. No, out that's there. true. You can Don't get come. one, Joel. Yeah. Um, I, I think that uh, technology, right? So when you think of uh, phones and VR, work really well, which is a huge advantage. Everyone's got a phone in their pocket. Technically, everyone can be doing VR right now. The stuff that we're uploading is straight to YouTube. Doesn't matter what phone you're on. You're just watching it uh, that way. Now, obviously, it gets better as you put in the the um, you know goggles of whatever kind. I think the one thing on the adoption side and and really kind of how that next step happens is losing the goggles. Right, that's just going to be a barrier no matter what. It it's yeah. just tough. Like you look dumb first of all. Well, we saw it with, with the Google Glass oh, beta. shut off the lights. The exactly. Google Glass beta, uh, I guess last year, or maybe even uh, longer. That was yeah. the, the biggest hurdle that they had in beta responses, which is like, I just look like an idiot. Like people, yeah. <laughs> people come up to me on, on the street and, you know, I'm getting dirty looks. Call me and, a glass hole. Yeah. The, the glass yeah. hole movement. Exactly. Yeah. So I, it's, it's something, you know, that I don't think that any designer is going to admit to themselves. Like, am I making my, my user look like, you know, a, a total right. moron? But I, it's, I think that was with the, the four, the, 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 uh, the three D, uh, sports. I remember ESPN made a big push, and somebody, you know, a, a great point was raised. Like, what are you, what are you supposed to do if you're out watching a football game at a bar? 
Right. Are you supposed to like put the goggles Bring on and eat the wings on? with yeah. the glasses? Like it's just it not work. Yeah. 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 So I, I mean, obviously I think that's going to be a huge thing. I do think it's a bit different with VR because it is, uh, you know, a more, it, it generally is a more personal entertainment experience anyways, like even just the experiences that we're seeing. So it makes more sense because it's not you're out in public walking around and people are seeing you. You're generally, you know, in a confined space or somewhere private. And so the look is not as bad, right? Um, but yeah, you're totally right. Like how is VR sports going to work at a bar, right? Same way that 3D is not going to work at a bar. Um, so I think that's going to be the big thing. I have no clue who's going to figure it out. I can't wait to, to see I'll who tell does. You who's going to figure that one out. The, the oldest profession in the world. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I'm serious. <laughs> yeah. They have the money and, and people will do it. And because they can do it in the privacy or they always want to do it in the privacy, that's where it's going to happen. Oh, you like, won't hear about that. That's going to be, you know, one of the. Yeah. I hate the phrase "slippery slope," but we are definitely on one right now. <laughs> well, yeah. So, Ian, we've uh, we've talked a lot about how uh, you know video, the means of production, has become more accessible, and how different models are uh, like Notch Video are, are opening that up to not only different brands, but allowing those brands to do different things with their video campaigns. So, yeah. in. Uh, as succinctly as you can, give us an idea about what Notch Video does, the the sort of the the role that you play, and how you see that uh, progressing over time. Sure. So at Notch Video, we're basically helping brands create um, video content uh, in a new and different way, uh, a way that is cost effective, that um, has a lot more scale, and but the quality is still there, um, and timeliness is there we can be a lot quicker i think that's something in general that so many marketers want these days um that it's just going to continue to grow um what we're seeing is uh, the desire for this and what's exciting is to see you know when a client comes to us and says we're moving money out of tv and moving it into social and we need a video strategy when we hear video strategy we know that we're talking about an approach and not just a one-off band-aid solution. And so that's the most exciting part for us. And what's great is that we're seeing this happen more and more now. And I think it's just going to continue. That's great. That's going to be a good little video short, uh, marketing short as well. Oh, great. All right. So I'm going to go to a closing segment. Uh, Thank everybody for being around and... You know, I, I have the pleasure of getting to do the editing on this. Brandon gets to, you know, he gets to do all the. <laughs> Someone's got to be the brains, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, that's why I have no hair left. You know, all of it. It's gone. It's gone. Where did it go? Well, Ian, I think that was a, a great summary. So I, w- I want to thank everybody for listening to Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. And remember, you can subscribe to this podcast and get complete access to all of the show notes and any video tips that we have uh, on our website by going to videomarketing20.net. That's videomarketing20.net. And remember, you can also listen to this podcast on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Tuned In, and also on Google. And we appreciate if you just leave a comment and a rating because that really helps other people discover this podcast. So for me and for Ian, again, thank you, Ian, for being on the uh, the podcast. 
We look forward to seeing you on another episode of Video Marketing 2.0. Thank you for listening to another episode of Video Marketing 2.0 presented by ThinkMojo. For more help on how to drive results with video, contact ThinkMojo, the video marketing experts at info at thinkmojo.com or visit thinkmojo.com for more information. <laughs>